Today on Stick to Football, we are coming to you live from the historic Jordan's Big Ten Pub in Madison, Wisconsin. There are, I feel like there's 500 the people million. standing right behind me, guys. A million, a million people. We got some rowdy it's Michigan fans already. Melo said it's a million. We could fill a the million. mall right now. A million. It's going to be so much fun. We are presented today by Merck's Cheese, guys, and I am about to dig in sharp cheddar spreadable cheese, and they brought us pretzels, which they know me. There's they to football. There's going to yeah. be some beers flowing as soon as this show is over, and that's going to be amazing. I'm actually a little hungry today. So we have a lot to talk about. Our guy Adam Kramer from Bleach Report, the best damn college football writer in the country, is going to be joining us to talk about Jonathan Taylor. We're going to do live draft on draft. The Stick to Football Hall of Fame is here with a new leader. I'm very excited about that for them. <laughs> it's going to be a, good, divided day, right a now. good day for us. But, guys, I hate to say it. It was a bad day for someone on Friday. How are you going to get fired on a Friday, Antonio Brown? Come on, man. Yeah. It's Friday. You ain't got no job. He doesn't know. Uh, I love this move, though. I love it by the Patriots. It was a move that I thought was going to come. I probably expected a little bit more than one week, but uh, I think they did right. With so many allegations, you can't have that going in and on in your locker room. Uh, it's about time. Hopefully this is the last time we have to talk about Antonio Brown. And I know Bill Belichick is notorious for press conferences where he looks frustrated by questions. I thought it was on a different level on Friday yeah. morning. It looked like this was coming. He was so tired of just answering the questions about A.B., and I think, listen, does New England really need him? No. I know he's great, no, yeah. but do they need him? It Josh never Gordon looks like looks it. unstoppable They've won right a now. lot of Super Bowls without A.B., and there's a good chance they'll win at least I mean, another one without him. Against the Dolphins, him. he had, what, four catches on eight targets? Like, yeah. They will be just fine without Antonio Brown. I, I, I tweeted it. by subtraction. I tweeted it. I don't want to talk about him anymore, but I know we have to. Everyone's asking, hey, where's he going to go? I don't think he does. Number one, the oh, NFL is going to take its go. time investigating this. Yeah. Um, and... Some people said just put him on the exempt list. Here's a, a fun fact. You can't, if a player's not on a team, you can't put them on the exempt list. He's just going to be unemployed. And you know what? We we went through this with Tyree Kill. We've gone through it with other players. Maybe it all turns out that this was false. But until that comes out, we can't think about him as a pro player anymore. Like, for however you feel about A.B. as a player, if he can make your team better, it's just not going to happen. And for those asking about the XFL already, Matt, I saw you tweet this right away. They might have a strict character policy. They, they won't wear him in. I don't think he'll have Yeah, exactly. If I don't think he'll be allowed to play a there. record, you cannot play in the XFL. And right. A.B. has a record. And, and another thing, I'm going to rant, I guess. This goes back to his time at Central Michigan. This is who he was in college. It was That's why he fell to the sixth round of the draft. It wasn't because he wasn't good. It was because of character. So we're seeing that come to light. I know a lot of people want to say, oh, it was Devontae's perfect hit. No, it wasn't. No. Did, did perfect hit him at Central Michigan? Like, right. no. This guy didn't play week 17 of the Steelers game. That was way before any Vontez Burfecht stuff, I think. Yeah. So it, it's been a long history with him, and I think now that it's just it's in the limelight. Everybody's looking at it. He's putting it on Instagram, on social media. So now everybody's just aware. Yeah, let's transition. There was a game Friday night, if you missed it, a Pac-12 heater. Utah, ranked number 10, facing an uneven USC team. Some has been very up and down all year. We all liked Utah to win a the Pac-12. we didn't like yep. USC. Didn't like USC. Well, USC's on their third quarterback, and guys, he might actually be uh, good, as was their number two quarterback, Slovis, who got injured Friday night when Leaky Fotu broke him in half. Oh, he absolutely destroyed him. He slammed him to the turf. In the NFL, that's a, a flag and a fine, but in college, it's like, ah, it's cool. Go that's that it. full body weight thing, and when you have yeah. 320 pounds landing on you, I think everybody's On your hurt. sternum. Yeah. Like it, he didn't Hopefully he gets plane. healthy. I, I didn't get to hear what actually happened with him. 
Wish the best for him. You don't want anybody to get hurt. Uh, and on the Utah side, I think Zach Moss got hurt, which really mm-hmm. limits them. He only had, I believe, six carries last yep. night for 20 yards. But the standout of the game was wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr., whose dad had the best arms in football. He's like, he's your idol, Connor. No, he actually is. Yeah. Arms Friday comes arms from Michael Pittman. Four days with Michael Pittman. Yep. And his son tearing it up, 10 catches last night for 232 yards and a touchdown. We need to get him in the conversation as one of the best receiver prospects in the nation. Yeah, and I think this is what happens when you put a real athlete in that air raid offense. We saw it a long time ago with Michael Crabtree and how these guys are able to dominate. If you have a good big target out there that can move, it's very easy to get them the ball in this spread offense. I I like what USC's doing. I wish they could do it more consistently because we saw them against BYU and they look like total crap out there. And now you watch them against Utah, which is one of the best defenses in the nation, and they tear them up. They torch them for 232 yards. This conference just has a habit of tearing each other apart and can't get a team in the playoff because of that. I know they won't. It's exciting for the conference, but for the playoff uh, expectations, it's gone. Do you guys think, uh, and I know my answer, but I'll play host and ask, do you think this saves Clay Helton's job? No, not yet. I think there are a lot of big games on that schedule so far, and you have to do more than beat Utah. I don't think that comes into the season as this is one of our must-dos, even though Utah is very good. What sucks, though, Connor, is they've eliminated themselves from the playoff now. Stanford's out. Washington's out. Yeah. Now you have Utah out. Oregon's out with a loss. You can't have one loss out of the Pac-12 no, and make the playoff. You're you never will. It. It's over. So yeah, yeah. It, is it exciting it in good the conference? Year, Maybe a little bit, but for your national championship expectations, yeah. it crushes Done. them. And then you talk about USC. They're going to have a tough team against Washington. So like Melo said, yeah. uh, they're not out of it yet in terms of surviving there if you're that coaching staff. Back to Pittman, though. I think what's really exciting about him, and correct me if I'm wrong, he's senior bowl eligible. He yeah. is senior bowl eligible. And yeah. that's a place where there will be some good corners, but that's a place where he can go shine. And oh, right. a, we don't get a lot of top 50, top 75 players as wide receivers there. I think that's, that's going to change. Him and Colin Johnson being there can right. be huge. Both I, I think big that, guys. Yeah, I think it will change. And I know our guy Jim Nagy, uh, a conversation we've had a lot is, you know, T. Higgins can't go to the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. Michael Pittman Jr. can. Yeah, go Lamb prove you're better. C.D. Lamb can't. Henry Ruggs Judy, can. Actually, is going to graduate in December. Judy and Ruggs are going to be Senior Bowl eligible. They as won't need to. I, I love Jim. <laughs> As They're not going they, to the senior bowl. As long as they pass the basket weaving or whatever they're taking this semester at Alabama, they're going to be senior bowl They might bowl come eligible. shake some hands and say hello. I yeah, with Nick be, Saban. I know they're going to be one-on-ones on the sideline next to us. Could idiots. you imagine? If they did, though, I'll play devil's advocate for Jim. If you get rugs out there with these corners trying to jam him, Bryce Hall has no chance. He cannot no. get his hands run with on him? Henry Ruggs. So it would probably be a good move for a guy like Ruggs. I think Jerry's 10. solidified himself as probably a top five pick. But you oh, get yeah. Ruggs out there blowing past these other corners, that actually might really help his draft stock. Yeah, I would love Assuming to see it. he comes out. Ruggs, who uh, we were talking to our guy Kramer last night, who's going to join us in our third segment. He thinks that he could run a 4-2-1. Oh, yeah. I believe it. I do. I usually don't buy into these no, things. No, I think he gets under Well, it. you saw Nagy tweet out a while ago. I don't know if you guys saw that. They, they yeah. timed him at the junior days. And, like, this is a guy that's going to run a 4-2. But he's already running a 4-2. When he goes and fix his, his start. his 10-yard split is fast, yeah. He's, he's going to be one of the fastest players we've ever seen. I don't know if they have prop bets ready to go at Caesars Palace. But if take you it. can find one, <laughs> Henry Ruggs is going to run the fastest 40. All right, boys, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to give you our big game breakdown Live from Madison, Wisconsin, this is Stick to Football. It is big game breakdown time, boys, presented by Mercs. And I'm like, I'm drooling staring at this sharp cheddar box in front of me and a bowl of pretzels. You'll see it on YouTube. It looks good, but like, I want to eat it. I don't want to just stare at it. 
That I'm, looks amazing. I'm uh, going to destroy that I'm whole gonna box. I'm going to put some on Connor in There's going to be some taste testing uh, yes. on a potential oh, yeah. Instagram story at some point. If the so. box were open, I would do it on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> which is great. One of the first rules of podcasting they told us was don't eat on don't the podcast. Don't gum, don't eat. Well, yeah. We break those rules pretty much all, all the time. time right? We haven't drank beers in a while on the podcast, so yeah. we're going to bring that back on Thursday nights probably. Yeah, I think yes. that needs to come back on yep. Thursday. All right, let's get into the game today. Number 13, Wisconsin. Number 10, 11. 11, Michigan. There we go. Whose rankings am I looking at? My own, apparently. Right now, no, they don't no, matter. 11, so. Michigan. They don't matter. It is overcast today. We're expecting some rain a little bit later. That's the information you only get on the ground, fellas. And I, I do think that that could play into this. Uh, I've said it all week when we've been asked about the game. Jonathan Taylor has 35 carries this year. That's a very low number for him. He also just had the week off. Michigan and Wisconsin were both on a bye. To me, this signals conspiracy theory. Jonathan Taylor's going to touch the ball about 35 times this game. Yeah, I mean, he I, has to. I think when you look at like keys to victory, that's what Wisconsin has to do. Control the clock, keep the ball in your offense's hands. Uh, you don't want to give a quarterback like Shea Patterson time to score points. Not with those receivers. So I'm with you. I think that Jonathan Taylor, he's going to take at least 25 touches uh, unless this game gets out of hand. Because when you're giving him the ball, I mean, hell, there's a chance he could go 10 carries, 100 yards, and this game's just done for in the right. second quarter. But I, they got to get Jonathan Taylor involved. It's Wisconsin, so you know they Will. It yeah. does feel like a game. Sorry, Connor. No, where right. if, if Michigan scores first, the game is changed a lot because if Michigan can get comfortable, Jack Cohn is it's okay, but we haven't really seen Wisconsin be a team that can play from behind, I don't think. So I, I feel like the first team that scores today has a good chance to win. Yeah, for all the Jonathan Taylor talk, I think the conversation then pivots to Jack Cohn. So mm-hmm. I think when you look at him, he's been very good this year. He's not turning the football over, but this is the first real test where right. you're going against a Michigan defense. They'll be ready for him. I think he's a way better player than Hornybrook already, so that's oh, a good yeah. sign. I know Hornybrook yeah. is awful, but when it comes Hot down to it, there. this finally <laughs> might be a team where the quarterback isn't just running them into the ground yeah. week after week. Where you don't have to run the ball to protect your quarterback yes. and say, holy crap, if he throws the ball, it's probably going to be an interception. Now you don't have to worry about that so much. But this will be their first true test coming into conference play. It's a huge game. Obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, you see all the fans that are here. Michigan knows this is a huge game for them. The Wisconsin fans, they're out to prove that they can really contend in the Big Ten, and I think they will do that by the end of the day. Yeah, uh, let's go game predictions. I know we've given them on the Friday show. I don't know if anything's changed for you guys. I'm still picking Wisconsin. Um, I did not bet on this game. I just didn't feel great. The, the line was three and a half as of this morning. I don't know if it's moved. but I, And there were some big bets placed on Wisconsin, like huge bets, but I just don't feel comfortable trying to attack that spread. But I, I think Wisconsin does win. The biggest surprise for me maybe is that, you know, these are generally two schools that play great defense, and these defenses are not that great. I think Michigan has really struggled to replace all the guys they lost last year. I mean, and then for the Michigan offense, listen, we have to talk about Shea Patterson and how inconsistent he has been. Even when he's been serviceable, there seems to be a lack of confidence in his play and in the coaching staff. Yeah, I just talked about how many Michigan fans are here, and I asked them, like, how do you feel about the game? Are you nervous coming into it? And they said, yeah, you just you can't trust Shea Patterson. That's coming from Michigan fans. It's coming from us looking at it as a, a college football perspective and a draft perspective. The best quarterback on the field today might be the backup for Michigan. Yeah, it really might be Dylan McCaffrey. And I think it's tough because Michigan has the weapons around him for this to be a good yeah. offense. They have great wide receivers. We know they all three of them can be impact kind of players. So when healthy, of course. Right. I took Wisconsin as well. Covering that three-and-a-half line is really, really tough because I don't think this is going to be a scenario like last year. Michigan showed up at Ohio State, and they got run over. I don't think they're yep. going to get steamrolled here, but I can't see them winning this game. Jim Harbaugh wins these games a lot. 
But at the end of the day, I, I just think Wisconsin's the tougher football team. I think they're the more reliable football team on offense, and they're at home. So that's why they should get the win. All right, our official Mercs. Big game preview prediction. All of us taking Wisconsin. Sorry, Michigan fans. We're in Wisconsin, and they're giving us cheese. But I also think Jonathan Taylor gets it done today. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to bring in our guy, Adam Kramer, who just wrote an amazing story on Jonathan Taylor. We're going to talk to him about that and everything else going on in the world of college football. Jordan's Big Ten has been amazing to us today. Definitely recommend this. If you ever just want, even if you're not a Wisconsin fan, just come to this place. You like it's, fun. Do you like football yeah. and beer and fun? This is it. Speaking of football, beer, and fun, that's basically Adam Kramer. <laughs> that's, if I had to use three words to describe Adam Kramer, it, that would be it. This is uh, this is on brand. Like, this whole Very. thing is on brand. Yeah. Weather is held up. Temperature is is perfect. This is awesome. You guys got a good gig, man. This is your first go to football tailgate. Yeah, you, this is what you do. This is like they pay you to yeah, come don't here. Tell, really don't right? tell anyone that this is it, though. Don't tell your boss. You have a boss. you have a little like an arsenal of koozies. Yeah, that people. I mean, it's this not is, small. Yeah, I'm, I gotta rework my BR arrangement here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, you just you know maybe we be a four man podcast. There we go. Know, we'll yeah, absolutely. We'll see what happens. Everyone else remote. Uh, I do want to ask though. You just filed a story about Jonathan Taylor. That's really must read. People should go check that out in the BR app. But you and I have talked a lot about him over probably the last year as a pro prospect, as a college player. Do you feel like he's being underrated almost? Like he has 4,000 yards in two years. He has a chance to break Ron Dane's record in three years. It it wouldn't be crazy. No, it it wouldn't. The numbers are are stupid. Like the numbers are, uh, like you knew he had great numbers. And when I met with him, I handed him a sheet of paper with his numbers. And I said, what do you think of these? And it's like Herschel Walker. It's LaDainian Tomlinson. And it was cool to see him just be like, yeah, you know, I, I probably could have done a little better. And so, like, the preconceived <laughs> notion I have naturally with these guys is, like, they're, they're system backs. And I don't mean that as, like, a, a negative. It's just, like, you plug them in, Melvin Gordon, Monte Ball, right. James White, go down the list, Ron Dane, and then you look at this dude and you're like, no, this this guy's cut different. And that, that was the part that when we talked about, yeah. like, even just sizing him up and then talking to, like, the strength coach and talking to people, they're like, no, man, like, this is a 4'3 kid who's 220 pounds that does crazy stuff. Yeah, and that's what people forget, too. They think Wisconsin running back, system running back, 220. Well, he's going to be a big bruiser. He's a New Jersey State track champion. <laughs> yeah. He ran a 10 in the 100. I can't run a 20 in the 100. He's blazing fast, too. And, and a lot of people, they just kind of underrate that and say yeah, Wisconsin back, probably a big bruiser. What's, what's crazy, though, this year is like I write this story about him being like the rushing champion and he's got three receiving touchdowns in two games. Yeah. And it's like, uh, oh man, you're kind of TNTing the theme of my story that I'm going for. <laughs> but that's, like if he can do that, I mean, from an NFL value standpoint, just as an overall value, like that's crazy. He's he, And he's also like, a, he's different. Like you talk to these kids, he's into jigsaw puzzles and he's into hot yoga. And he's into Same. like yeah 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 <laughs> Same. Yeah, truly and this, um, but he's cut a little bit different. So you talk to him. Yeah. I I can only imagine like would scouts sit down with him and NFL people they're gonna be like oh dude, I want that like this guy is right. great. This kind of hints at my question then going into the story. Did you come away with anything you didn't expect when you came out of it, finished it up? I think um, just how thoughtful he is. Like this is a guy who is like a psychology, like he, like he's like look he's reading me. Like, he was, like, sizing me up. So I'm asking him questions, and he's not deflecting, but he's asking me questions back. And, like, that interaction, you don't normally get. Like, yeah. especially with, like, a 19, 21 year old kid. Yeah. Right? Like, so it was, like, I, I thought, like, I thought about, like, the way I interview people after this. Like, oh, did this dude just size me up? Um, so I, I just love that. Like, there's just a, a depth to him. And it's no insult to a lot of the guys that you cover and do. Like, hey, man, these guys are all great. 
good kids, but there's like a certain depth to him that like I have not seen on a lot of college kids. Did you ask him about the fumbles? Because that is something that does get brought up with him. Freshman year, I think he went at eight. Sophomore year, he had four. So far, so good this year. But yeah. is it something that he's aware of? Yeah, he is. I mean, that's like the that's got to be like the the knock. I mean, there's yeah. not like it's hard to find them. Other than that, like just the amount of times he's carrying the ball, which right. was interesting to talk to him as well. Like, dude, they're working. You're you're they're maximizing like Derrick Henry. Shit. Yeah, he yeah. is. No, he's carrying the ball a ton, and he kind of loves it. Of course, he's going to say it. But the fumble right. stuff, really, the only thing he can say is like, yeah, I'm going to fix it, and we'll see. I mean, that because if he can do that, there's not much. And if he can catch the ball now, like that. Where's the the hole Good here? Start. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's there's not many holes in this game. I'm really interested to see the receiving stuff. He's got eight touchdowns in a couple games. If the receiving stuff continues, I think he already surpassed his total yards from last year. It's crazy. What As he's a receiver, doing. yeah, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. So did you? I think you got the chance to ask him because he's a New Jersey guy. What brought him to Wisconsin? Like, yeah. He escaped Rutgers somehow and so came sad. to Madison. I'm from Jersey originally. He he's, he's from not far from where I grew up. And my uncles had very sad, shitty Rutgers season tickets for like 30 years. Yeah. I go home and it's like, dude, why? why? Uh, so you think about Rutgers, by the way, Saquon Barkley yeah. and, and this dude, like in the same sort of, right. oh. Sean Gary. Oh. They, they lose a lot of God, great players. Um, so he, he wanted to go to Rutgers. Like he, he really liked the friends, family, loyalty growing up with the program. Went to, thought about going to Harvard. Visited yeah. Harvard two, three times. Uh, thought that was something he was going to do, which is, again, like, okay. Uh, but then you you come here. Like, he didn't have, like, a crazy list of offers. Mm-hmm. You know, Virginia Tech, Boston College. Like, there were good offers. But then you look at this, and you're like, okay, this is – academics were huge for him. Yeah. Athletics, there's not much better balance in the country than this, right? I mean, right. when you think of you know, Stanford's there – they're getting crushed by UCF now. Like this is this is the spot, and that's kind of I think what resonated with him. For an under-recruited guy, he had an instant startup. Yeah, which is like rare. That never happens. Is it just his mental makeup? You think that why he's already he's over exceeded expectations by a mile already, and he's not even in the NFL. He uh, and physically too, it helped where he came in, and like they're whispering about like this New Jersey freshman in the weight room who's doing crazy shit. Like so, it's like. Uh, they came in and like yeah like in the first scrimmage he's you know running through the defense in the second scrimmage he's taking screen pass 55 here like these stories of the guys who are like okay like he he emerged fast and then all of a sudden what 1900 yards as a freshman started a little slow so it's like this is the kind of spot you can do that though. Like that's not going to work at Alabama, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is the kind well, of Alabama place. you're going to share carries with four of the running backs. <laughs> yeah, we've seen yeah, it happen to Najee Harris two years ago yeah. and then last year. It, it, and but here um, they had a, like another great running back go. Let's find our guy, and then all of a sudden, I know Wisconsin like they wanted him so bad. Like even though nobody else did, they were like, this dude can be the guy. So I think you come in, you you run through a defense a couple of times, and it's like, all right, dude, here's 25 carries a game. There's a marching band. Uh, this is breaking down the street. Rock band. Or something. That's yeah. that's authentic, though. Yeah, you're I mean, getting the real background of Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, who's your prediction for today? I like. Look at this. This is there we go. awesome. There we go. I can't even hear myself think. We have the headphones on. I can't imagine how these people be like. All right, you know what? I have to predict Wisconsin right now, right? Yes. You do now. The band, the band's here. I'm going to get clubbed. <laughs> right? I think I just got hit with a drumstick. No. Wow. I, I think it's. I think it'll be low scoring. I think people yep. are selling Michigan a little early. 
Uh, truly. I mean, getting close with Army. Look at Oklahoma last year. It's kind of a gnarly game. they got to change that offense, though. It's so gross. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think Wisconsin eats one out. The line is, what, three, three and a half? Yep. I think it'll be right about there. Yeah. yeah, that's why we've decided we're not betting on this game. Like, no, no, you're here. The only right? spread I'm attacking today is this bird's cheese. Oh, yeah, yeah, there it is. Product integration. Oh, wow. <laughs> Pro. That's why we keep mellow around right there. Bodyguard, and he's good with the marketing content. It's amazing. What are you working on next? I've got a Lane Kiffin story that I'm oh, really excited fantastic. about. I, we were talking a little bit last night over beers, which is the only way to talk about Lane Kiffin stories. It's like a side of a coach that you don't often see, a guy that I think is a little misunderstood. Um, so I'm excited about that. And then uh, Jared Lorenzen, which this just got approved. I can't wait to time, like dive into his legacy. Right. Kind of a different story. We get the monotony of the season. Guy who's like a cult hero. If he was playing now, just imagine like how huge with social media. Oh my god! Yeah, so right. so yeah, man. A bunch of different things. We'll be flying around doing some stuff. Hopefully, coming where you guys. Are. Yeah, we're gonna latch on to this yeah, gravy train. Up, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk to you. We do know your boss. We'll talk to her and make this happen, dude. Thank you for hanging out. Yes, uh, let's get some beers. Yes, some beers. Sounds some good. Beers. You'll you'll definitely be a repeat guest until you get your own podcast, and then hopefully you'll have each of us I, on. I'm cool with this, man. Cheese and you guys and beers and bands. Let's do it. Right, a lot of bees here. All right, we'll be right back with some live draft on draft featuring the noted Stick to Football Hall of Fame. It is draft on draft time. I can't believe I didn't somehow get a beer during the break to open when I said that. It's but because I didn't. there are a million people. There are a lot of people here. We're going to bring through some rapid-fire questions today, kicking it off with our man Dan Alter in a Baker Mayfield T-shirt. What's up, y'all? As you know, I am Dan, 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 you know. To the end yeah, it's a great username. <laughs> so, quick question. We're watching Ohio State so far, and they look fucking amazing. What are some keys for them to stay on this pace, and what do you think would stop them from what they're doing right now? I don't think anyone in the Big Ten can stop them. It would just take Justin Fields finally slipping up. And, and I will say, like, if there's a – I don't know that there's a weakness, but if there's a weakness, it's the offensive line because the front seven's great, obviously. The secondary's amazing. The wide receivers have stepped up so well to replace Scary Terry and Paris Campbell. There's not a whole lot of weakness. Depth of running back, maybe, but, like, Dobbins has looked good so far. Well, so. and with Master Teague coming That's in last week. Best and name like, in college football, well, yeah. easy. So yeah. I, I think that if I were a defensive coordinator, I might just say, you know what, we're going to blitz the hell out of Justin yep. Fields. We know they can run the ball. Great. If we sit back, he's going to tear us apart. I'd blitz the hell out of him, see what's going to happen. Because you're probably not going to stop him. You just need to slow him down. I think that's your best chance. There's so much depth there. But if they did lose a running back, maybe Justin Fields gets injured. I honestly think that's the only thing that can stop him. As long as they stay healthy, they go as far as Justin Fields can take them. And yeah. I don't just mean within the Big Ten. I mean national right. title kind of. No, they should be in the playoffs. Yes. There's so, no reason this team shouldn't be in the playoffs. The defense yeah. looks even better. I mean, Akuda's a great corner. They obviously have Chase Young up front. Those linebackers can play well against really Chase good running. Young. Easier Smith than Harris yeah. behind oh, They're just absolutely scheme. They're not thinking as much like they were under right. They're in attack mode They're right in now. Just you also going. have the second best name in college football in Tough Borland. Yes. So how does he play here? I don't understand that. Also, also before I get off, it is 9-15, Oklahoma sucks, and fuck Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> wow, all right. That was aggressive. I agree. It's fine. All right. Next up, there I got Pat Chad Hey, Mr. He Perfect he Attendant. Never misses a draft on track. <laughs> now I'm doing one live. Yes, your first one live. All right, I need you all to settle a debate we're having, well, particularly me and Tyler Fornis. Eli Manning, 
Will he get in the Hall of Fame? Should he get in the Hall of Fame? Two I think, separate questions. I think we actually have a $1,000 bet on it. I just can't remember which way I went. I I think he will. Yes, I, I think he's he too big of a name. He has two Super Bowls. He plays quarterback. I think those are the requirements for he'll a quarterback. He will get in. I think he'll probably be first, second ballot. The media is going to love Eli as well. And, like, I, I don't have a vote, so and I'm not trying to, like, bash the people that do, but they love Eli. So yeah. he's going to get in. Follow-up question, should he get in? Probably not. Probably not. I, I don't think that he's ever really been, like, a top five, top ten quarterback right, right. in his career. So probably not a very good quarterback. He Super Bowls. Right. Like, he made a bad throw, and David Tyree made a great catch. That Manningham throw, too. That was I mean, that's, right. that's a top ten Super Bowl throw. So Yeah. I, I think he gets in. I think the problem with him getting in, it kind of changes the precedent for a Hall of Famer. I mean, a lot of guys with the different resume, whether it's Super Bowl or just winning or being part of really good teams now, have the argument to get in. And it's no knock against Eli, because I know we're tough on him the last couple of years. There was a time where Eli Manning was great for the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But great does not get in you, get you in the Hall of Fame. Legendary I mean, look at Phil Simms. Yeah. Yeah. Same team, similar situation, and he's not in. But, but Eli I, I will get in. Eli's last name will get him in. Yep. Yeah. Right, awesome. Buddy. Good question. Though. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks, you. dude. Daniel Kiefer. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Thanks for coming out to Madison. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. I'll be so quick. nice of you. I'll be quick because I know you're busy and we got bears to, beers to rip. So yeah, I just got to know. Yeah, we'll rip them all. Matt's done it. Mello's done it. It's a perfect opportunity for one Connor Rogers. Oh, put it on the spot. Today, <laughs> are we getting a sticky chug? After the show. Can't wait. After the show. <laughs> After that. That is. He didn't even have a question. Great question. Yeah. Great question. <laughs> that was an authentic Wisconsin accent. Yeah, yeah, it kind of turned up a couple notches for yeah. the camera. Yeah. You have a future in this. It's like watching Letterkenny. All right, Jerry. It's gone. What's up, guys? So is this game, Notre Dame-Georgia, just the matchup for Julian Aquara for his make or break for his draft stock? I don't think make or break because we know Andrew Thomas is really, really good, but it yep. is a game where Julian Aquara could put himself into the second tier of pass rushers. No one's touching Chase Young, and I don't know that it, A.J. Epines is pretty special too, but Aquara could be in that. He could be that next guy if he can show out today because Andrew Thomas is, in my opinion, hands down the best left tackle yep. in the draft class, yep. probably in all of college football, honestly. So it, it's going to be a fun matchup for both those guys. I think we, you may have heard us say this yesterday. It's appointment viewing for the, that, that game is because you want to see that matchup. It's the closest you're going to get to an NFL matchup in the college football season. So it, it's big for Okwara. It's big for Thomas, too. Like, there, there's pressure on him because, you know, he's 6'5", 320. Okwara is 265. There's a lot more athleticism there. Absolutely. Yeah. At the end of the season, I think that for both guys, Thomas and Okwara, this is probably going to be the first game that I watch. I want to see how they handle each other. Marquee edge rusher against the top tackle. Probably be the first game I watch for both guys. And I think the line, 14 and a half, is really disrespectful for Notre Dame. I don't care that they're on the road. I don't care how good Georgia is. Yeah. When you're a top 10 team and you're that kind of underdog. Yeah. So for Alquara, I mean, this is a chance to make a statement. I don't know if they'll move him around. He'll see plenty of Andrew Thomas, yeah. obviously. When we saw Jake Fromm lose to LSU last year when we were at that game for the tailgate tour, I mean, he was pressured. That's how you get after him, and that's how you get yep. after the Georgia offense. So this is the time for Alquara to really be a household name. Thanks, guys. Of course. Thank you. How are we doing, guys? Good. 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 Tyler Fornis here. So I know Pat asked about Eli in the Hall of Fame, and that's that's a debate that a lot of people are having. If I were to have a Hall of Fame vote, which nobody would be dumb enough to give me, I would uh, judge it on stats, impact on the game, longevity, and what I consider most important is dominance. And that's why I would never put him in the Hall. If you were to have a Hall of Fame vote, 
what would your criteria be and how would you uh, determine that just based on individual players? I always felt like if I couldn't tell the story of your of the NFL while you were playing, you're not a Hall of Famer. Like if so think about like the eighties. You can't talk about the eighties without talking about Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, the Bears, like you know, Mike Singletary, Walter Payton. You can't talk about that LT. era of football nope. without talk, LT without talking about those guys, Daryl Green, how they changed the game. So with like with Eli the problem is you can't talk about two of the craziest Super Bowls ever without talking about him. So does it does it become a, okay, well, he was never great in season, but in the postseason, in the biggest stage, he was really, really good in those two games. So I think that's where that Eli is hard for me with that criteria. I think stats, you have to be smart about that they're fluid. You have to look at the era. You know, dominance should come with production. So those two things would go together for me. Um, and then, with, like you said, with longevity, I don't know because, like, I grew up watching Barry Sanders. That dude belongs to the Hall of Fame, you know, even though he didn't have this Terrell longest Davis. career. Terrell Davis. Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Johnson we're going to see eventually. Um, yeah, so I don't know about, about that as much. And even Steve Young, you know, who didn't start that many years. He was one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So uh, that was not a big one for me. Well, I think when you look at it, when you talk about all four of those criteria, you don't have to meet all four perfectly. But if your dominance is like a 10 out of 10, your longevity is like a 5 out of 10, like Barry Sanders, (laughs) it kind of balances out. And they don't all have to be completely fluid, but they all matter to a certain extent. And if you have three out of the four and the fourth one's pretty good, then you probably should get in based on my scale. That's kind of what I'm asking. I think the point about dominating is a really good one because whenever we have the argument over who's the greatest tight end of all time, I always say Gronk because I think he's the most dominant tight end of all time. But he is by far, doesn't have the numbers like Tony Gonzalez. He doesn't have the longevity like a lot of players. But, I mean, there's no one that could sit here and say the man didn't dominate whenever he was on the field. It's a blocker and a pass catcher and a mismatch with him. He changed the game just by showing up, kind of like Randy Moss. That's exactly right. That's cool. Yeah, all right. Thanks, buddy. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, dude. We got one more. Oh, we got someone with a more. cheese sample here. Yeah, there, we there we go. What's up, guys? All right, so I'm a uh, it's Magnuson here. I'm a noting, um, noted Dak apologist. Uh, you don't have to apologize anymore. Well, uh, Chamberlain defends Eli, and Tyler defends Kirk Cousins. So my question to you guys is, who's a player that you have a soft spot for that you will defend for the end of time? Ooh, oh, that's I don't a know tough one to put That's a great question, though. That is. I don't know if I have one. I don't think I do either. There's got to be something really good. <laughs> I, okay, mine's college football. Texas would have won the national championship if Colt McCoy hadn't been hurt. And I would, like, fight someone, like, literally fight someone over that because I think they would have won. That team was unstoppable. If Colt doesn't get hurt, Texas wins that game. I'll tell you who mine will be because we're never going to find out if he ever had a chance of being good. Josh Rosen. That yeah, and I admit that he's been bad while also being in bad situations. Yeah. but I'll still apologize for him because you've been on two of the worst football teams the last ten years. Yeah, I'm with that one. I don't, I don't know. I don't really have one. I haven't apologized for Trent Richardson, so I'm just getting be like, yeah, well, fuck, I was wrong. My bad. Um, I don't know. That is tough. I don't know that there's a guy that I like identifies like, oh, that's my guy, and there's X Y Z is why he didn't work out. I can't imagine anyone defending Kirk Cousins though. <laughs> that's impressive. That's like that's diehard. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you, Mags. All right, we got one. And he's wearing, I hope that's a Charles Woodson t-shirt. Oh, yeah, Charles Woodson jersey all the way. Okay. All right, boys. So I know you guys love Michigan's big three at wide receiver. Tariq Black, Nico Collins, Don Peoples-Jones. How do you guys feel about some of their defensive prospects? Josh Metellus, LaVert Hill, Josh Uche, Kalik Hudson, like some of those guys. Uh, So I think LaVert Hill's the best one. And we saw him have a big pick last week. It was kind of thrown right to him. But it's a big play. Seen him drop one, but thrown right to him, too. Oh, yeah. That Middle Tennessee drop was... Yeah, right. I think otherwise, 
I don't have any of those guys as like a priority, you know, like top 100 prospects right now. I think it's a little bit of a reload for Michigan defensively, yeah. especially. I really thought Runyon on the offensive line would become a prospect, maybe oh, because yeah. of who his dad is, but you know, we just haven't seen that happen yet. All right, it's a lot of improvements right now, but that's what happens when you rebuild an entire defense. They yeah, when you lose your whole defense, the rest of the guys got drafted. So it's wait and see for Michigan's defense, but that's why we're here today. This exactly. is you're playing against one of the best offensive players in the country. Show up right. today. Yep. No, looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Go thank Blue. You, thank you. Go Blue. Wow. We got one more. One more. Maybe two more. So we'll, we'll see. Going. Right. It's got a couple more. Uh, quick question for you guys. So I know you guys are really high on DeAndre Swift out of Georgia, Travis Etienne, Clemson, obviously. At this point in the season, is there any way you guys foresee JT, Jonathan Taylor, foreseeing or um, jumping ahead of those guys as RB one on the board? I think so. I don't think it's. I, I don't think it's like, oh, Swift is the best. No one's touching him. Or Etienne's the I second don't. best. Yeah. <laughs> I like Swift a lot, but I, I think if let's see what happens. Swift could he could run a four six of the combine, you know, and yeah. and, and then that does change things. And we know, like Kramer was saying, we know JT's going to run well. So. I think with Taylor, like, you know exactly what you're getting with that dude. Right. And I feel like with Swift, because he did share carries, that it's going to help and hurt him because we don't know as much what he, he would have to do, you know, in, in certain game situations or if the, you know, passing game got bogged down, what, what is he going to be able to help them out? So I think Taylor is the surest thing of those guys. I probably have the most questions about ETN. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. I, I like when you guys just let hey, me guys, answer. What's up, man? Big fan of the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, course, introduce man. yourself. Yeah, I'm you're Brendan, five, uh, so bend down. <laughs> I'm from Maryland, so we're just out here uh, nice. a little bit of a far away. Having a good home. time. Yeah, it's, it's awesome here. It's Are you a Maryland place. fan? Um, somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> I was just going to say, I bet on Temple last week, and you guys, I, I'm now yeah. even on no, the every year, time, thank God. Yeah, every time uh, every time people get their hopes up on Maryland, and it's, it's true around our house, too. That's exactly when they let you down. Yep. So. Yeah. We um, get it. I have a question for you guys. So with... Um, with Manny Diaz and uh, you know all the recruiting going on in Miami, is the U officially back? No, no. not yet. No. Uh, not yet. But are they on their way to get? It's there? the right direction. Yeah. I mean, the players love the guy. I think he'll recruit the hell out of Florida, which is the most important thing for the U. Yeah. And, and it's about the brand. Michigan got their brand back with Jordan, with Harbaugh, all those things. Miami's slowly working on that too to be a household brand again. I, Miami. We talked to you know the guy Antrell Rolls, Santana Moss. Uh, Talk to the, them about it, uh, Clinton Portis. They all said the same thing. Like, Miami, for Miami to be back, they have to win. And that's the yeah. key. It doesn't matter as a Texas fan. It truly does not matter how many four and five stars you get until you win. And it's like, are we back? No, we're not. You guys kicked the shit out of us for two years. <laughs> right. We just lost to LSU, which is a good program. But you're not back until you win. It doesn't matter how many recruiting battles you win until you get that product on the field, in my opinion. Cool. Thanks, Thanks guys. I appreciate yeah, it. You bet. All right. All right. Well, that is officially start our show. Rain. It's starting to rain, so we got to pack up. But thank you again to Jordan's Big Ten. This place is fantastic. Definitely recommend for anyone who's going to be in the Madison, Wisconsin area. Thank you again to Mark, our sponsor for today's show. I, I can't wait to dig. I'm really going to eat. I'm we're getting very we're actually about to try yeah, the cheese. Yeah, we're about to try the cheese. Once we get on. We're going to try the cheese. It's going to be fun. From Ella Connor, this is Matt. We will be back Wednesday morning with a regular show. Uh, Connor and I breaking down the week that was college football in the NFL. And then we'll be back Friday morning, as always, the three of us. So thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Mm-hmm.